Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fish in action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bauer and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. Well, that's yeah. how everyone in your YouTube comments section calls me Z-Bunny. Z-Bunny. <laughs> Is Hulk. that Z-Bunny? Like, oh, freaking great. You're welcome for that I one. thought that had died. We know what your <laughs> Halloween costume is. Um, actually, it's, um... A squirrel? A different rodent-like small mammal? <laughs> oh, uh, my friend's throwing a, packa. a, a Disney-themed... A packa. We'll get to the packa in a little bit. <laughs> Disney-themed Halloween party, so... But that's kind of right up your alley. True. Um, I'll be going as, um, the dude from Frozen who ran the shack up in the mountains. Dude, you're speaking another language yeah. to me right the now. The big summer blowout guy. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. I I was forced to supervise it when I was Ryan, teaching sixth grade. If Ryan was here, he would understand. He, he would because he has a ten year old daughter. That's why. I'm not going to apologize for liking Disney. You don't have to apologize, but it doesn't stop me from giving you crap about it. Hey, talk about your drink. What about my the uh, the clamato the michelada i tried i, I tried to make it it was terrible well what made it terrible i don't know um i say it's because you didn't put bush light in it bush light cures everything <laughs> it fixes everything i did end up just switching to straight up bush light so <laughs> see all your problems are solved yeah yep the covid cure rests in st louis <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm not going to argue with you. I'm here it's, uh, with with the illustrious Z Bunny, and then <laughs> then Wes is to my left. Z's across the table. You might hear some dogs barking in the background. We have a whole pack of them running around the house, but uh, we're just going to dive into the fun stuff. We're going to go right into the Amazon trip. Uh, let's talk about getting there. What you weigh your thoughts on the flights? On the way down there. I'll say, first off, the, the nicest flight we had the whole way down there with the least amount of turbulence was flying in that, what did you call that little bush plane? Oh, the, the clapped out Coke plane? <laughs> the clapped out Coke <laughs> plane. We flew from this little dumpy airport in Georgetown and landed on a dirt airstrip in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. Can and I that say was the a, name of the airline? 
No, well, there's no need to, but um, all the other ones, like Miami. Yeah, that one was sketch. Honestly, I wasn't worried about those. Those are large commercial passenger yeah. aircraft. And then they crash, they make I mean, a bigger boom. I'm sorry, but what you call turbulence is not Dude, turbulence. we dropped like 30 feet. We came into Miami, and there's uh, uh, storms. Yeah, We're going to have to hold in a holding pattern for 45 yeah. minutes. So we flew around through these storms, and we, there was one point, like there was this one guy I was sitting next to, and I tried making conversation with him, and he was kind of snobby. And then we went through that turbulence, and there's that one big drop, and we looked at each other with fear in our eyes, and that was our bonded moment. We were like <laughs> totally cool after that. I'm sorry, I wasn't worried. Did you have? You don't to- have to apologize about it. I'm just sensitive. Sorry. Speaking of our clapped out coke plane, did you happen to notice the mechanics standing on top of it? No. Like before we flew out, you notice no. things I don't. Like when we were down so, in St. Louis, and you I'm glad saw you didn't the, say anything before. You saw the 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 heroin needles in the ground. Like I totally miss all of those things. And so you, we're standing in this. Uh, I forget what what did they call that room? Like the briefing the, room, the passengers lounge. Yeah. Well, no, it said briefing room on it. Yeah, I yeah. remember being there. And I was looking out the window, and there's this guy in these overalls, but he had them like down tied around his waist and. He's shining a flashlight into the motor, and then he kind of just goes, meh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, oh we're going to make it. <laughs> That's <laughs> priceless. No, I, I'm actually glad I missed that one. And I, I like how they were chasing birds off before we left. There was just a woman out there yeah, running around I, chasing birds I didn't see birds that off. either. I was oblivious. I was just probably wishing I had a beer. At that point in time, I do remember seeing two planes, and there was one nice looking one and one dumpy looking one. And I'm like, I hope we're the nice looking one. And we weren't. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> but it was the smoothest flight the whole way there. We went from Iowa to Chicago, Chicago to Miami. The one to Chicago wasn't bad, but the Miami one tripped me out. And then uh, the Georgetown. It was there was a steady line of people going to take a leak the whole oh, the flight whole time. to to Georgetown and, and then people turbulence. don't get along. Oh, there's that one lady who was like, "What do you know? What happened there?" She was watching a movie on her phone. Oh, she didn't have headphones, yeah. and the guy was like, "Can you turn that down?" And yeah, she, and then he went off and <laughs> dropped several like real harsh words that would to, your, to a female your mom would wash your mouth out with soap after yeah, you said you probably words. eat a whole bar of soap <laughs> <laughs> all right so we i missed that part of oh yeah it yeah. was it was interesting it was entertaining uh the dudes i sit next to were super cool and talkative so that was kind of nice it made the flight go by a little bit to faster. georgetown yeah i ended up sitting next to a wait were me and you sitting by each other so I thought, because we got the um, emergency exit row. That's right. That? Yeah. Yeah. So, but the guy to my left, and then he had his buddy come up, and I was talking with him. You were like zoned into your book on tape or whatever. Yeah, Ronnie yeah, sat probably. behind me, <laughs> and he sat next to some colorful characters that looked rather sketchy. And I would turn around and look at him, and he just kind of was just staring at the front seat. <laughs> The guy I sat next to was from Louisiana, so we had plenty to talk about. Well, when I finally, when I stood in line for 20 minutes to go take a leak for the, the bathroom, I get, had the chance to talk to him. He was pretty cool. Yeah, Casey was his name. Well, so we had one whole day to get to Guyana. We get there at, like, what, get there at 12.30, 1 o'clock. It was uh, late. We're in customs for an hour. And then we get in a... Taxi. Taxi. With oh, Raja. Taxi. Oh, yeah. No. With Raja. 
Dude. We stopped for beers on the way to the hotel. Stopped for beers. <laughs> Apparently, it's not a big deal down yeah, there. At like a lean-to garage. And then Raja just yells at this man that we need beers. And then we threw money at him and left. Yeah. And As we, he's and then we couldn't, around traffic. Yeah, and then we couldn't drink our beers for fear of chipping our teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He... He about wore that horn out too. Like anytime there's a vehicle going, you know, less than twenty over the speed limit in front of him, he just yeah. started laying on the horn at two thirty in the morning. Yeah, he's put more horns than tires on that car. Absolutely. And so we get to the hotel at what three? It was late. Yeah. Three three thirty. Lay down. Wake up at six six thirty. Yeah, it was right around there. And then we hop on the bush plane, the clapped out cocaine plane. <laughs> And fly, land on the dirt airstrip in this little town in the middle of the rainforest and hop out. I kiss the ground because I'm tired of being in an airplane. And <laughs> and there's everybody's waiting for, or everybody's leaving's there. We talk to them about fishing, blah, 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 how it went. And we're all jacked up. And then we hop in a boat. And it was, uh, they said five hours. Well, we heard two, two hours. We heard, I heard three hours. I heard five hours. It ended up taking four hours and 40 minutes because i just was curious how it all and with zero padding on the seat i made padding i laid down on my bag and i actually fell asleep for like you you might cut this out but like if you work on your knees a lot you get like calloused knees from sitting in that boat (laughs) my butt cheeks felt like calloused knees why would i cut that out I I actually had Valerie. I was like, come check this out. It's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Feels like knees. You have a calloused butt? Yeah, I did. That might be the name of this podcast. Calloused butt. (laughs) Yeah, I did. No joke. It took forever for that to go away. It's finally like... You finally have a a normal... Yeah, I have a normal American butt. We had to stop and pick up the last guide on the way down to our first campsite, so I didn't get there until way after dark. Oh, you were in the slow boat. Yeah, me and Mark, the two biggest dudes there, they put us in the slow boat. That was poor planning. I noticed, because you guys started... You got a five-minute head start on us, and we passed you within you the first 15 by. minutes. Yeah, and you and Ty had, like, we can lay down in the boat spots. And yeah. I was just like, I can sit straight up and down the whole time. And there was times where I was just, like, I just holding sn- myself up off the seat. I would have just snuggled up next to somebody. It would have been fine. Hey, Jerry, I'm going to go ahead and lay in your lap. Let's go ahead and keep <laughs> this boat rolling. I honestly thought about asking Titus. Titus was one of our guides. We had... Guides were Titus, Jerry, Abraham, Master Paul, and Ketus. Ketus. Titus's brother. Titus's brother. And I almost told, oh, we were riding up with Jerry, and I was going to tell him that uh, he should pull over and let me hop in the boat with you and switch places with Mark because you guys were going slow and I didn't want to leave you by yourself. But then I realized that if you're going to be stuck with anybody, it might as well be the guy with the most experience in the jungle, which is Mark. Mark was the host. Hey, he was, was driving cool. that first boat. That first boat, uh, it started out with, um, who's the manager guy? Kenny? Kenny. Yeah. He was driving it, and then uh, he said, uh, we're going to stop at the at the village. And then we asked why, because he said, I don't want to drive the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we got Abraham driving the boat. Gotcha. Did not realize that till this very moment. We taught Kenny Pitch. Oh, we did. That's yeah. right. And, and, I wonder how many people actually know the card game pitch who are listening to this. I don't know. He you was didn't having, know he was having, No, I didn't. Z's, Z's an avid, well, not avid, probably, anymore pitch player. Me and player, Kenny ended up goes uh, way back. banding they took away together our, to they take took away our playing cards at work. They did? 
No, no pitch at work. No, no pitch. No, no cribbage. cribbage. That's just. Nope. We actually have to talk to each other. That sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> no, no. The pitch games were fantastic at work. But. I bet. Yeah, Kenny and that other guy were carving those arapaima, and we were teaching them pitch. Yeah, it was a good time. And then we banded together to take you down, yeah. and you still won. Did I? Oh, yeah, I did, yeah, didn't you did. I? You guys ganged up on me, and I put you in your place. I should have known you guys were playing. I could have helped. Well, you were, you were out with Ty. Yeah, this was during the middle of the day. Like We, yeah. we had oh. since switched to the morning-nighttime routine. Which we'll get to more of here before too long, but we were you guys low, didn't stay low on night? water, so I drank a lot of liquor and got inebriated. That last day, you were yeah. you were feeling good. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty. T- well, there the was Coke day, and there was day. rum, and it was like, well, and you there was put the, rainwater in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, with iodine tablets in it, and it was like, oh, that tastes awful. Right. Let me just drink this Coke and well, whiskey after the life straw. Was or fun. no, it was rum. It right, was rum. Right. I mean, it was very drinkable. But I was just sitting there. I was just kind of pissed off about the situation more than anything. Yeah, I wanted a beer. There wasn't a beer within 300 miles of us. So it was like, well, I'm drinking rum now. There was a beer within 100 miles of us. Yeah. Yeah, It might as well have been 3,000 miles at that point in time. How did did Ronnie put it? Warm as as mule piss? I don't know. He had a lot of good one-liners. I noticed that. And you couldn't say it right unless Ronnie said it. If Ronnie said it. You would get it. And I don't want to be discriminatory, but I'm kind of going to be. Can you be positively discriminatory? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the person who said it, too, I imagine. Are we talking about Texans? Well, I just noticed people from the South have some of the funniest one-liners. Yeah, they got some good ones. They got some good ones. they got some good ones. And Ronnie was definitely... On on point with those and is that just discriminatory a, though? That just sounds like discriminatory is negative, I guess, isn't it? It's like this is just more um, talking about like cultural proverbs. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. You want to hear good one liners? Go go drink beer with somebody in Texas and bring warm beer. You might hear some good ones. <laughs> if Ronnie's there, yeah. If Ronnie's around, he'll. That let you first know. day when the generator wasn't working to, and everything was warm. Oh, he was so pissed <laughs> off. I got all right. I got to paint people who are listening to the picture of what we're talking about we skip ahead we had a group of nine so it was me z bunny pause for effect yeah i'm glaring at him for anybody yeah because you can't see but he's he's scared he's scared wes and you guys can help me out ty and ty has a youtube channel pig ty pig patrol and then uh we had ken ken's an entrepreneur who was uh, pretty good time. He likes fitness. We're going to exchange workouts. Uh, his son-in-law, Will, and then yeah. we had the three retired DEA agents. Or yeah. am I missing one? You had Doug, Chris, Duh. and Ronnie. Doug, Chris, and Ronnie. We're missing one. Who was the ninth? Oh, me. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> but yeah, Doug, he's, Chris, he's and... special, everybody. No, not hardly. Uh, so Doug, Chris, and Ronnie were retired DEA, DEA agents, and they were all from Texas. Yep, um, Houston and San Antonio. In Dallas area. Yeah. I think. Oh, well, it was, you know, I can't remember who, which one was. It's all where, in Texas. It's, it's fine. It's, 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 it's fine. Everything's super close down there, you know. Yeah, it's a small state, small yeah. state. So that was a party, <laughs> and then we had we were hanging out with all of our guides who we already talked about, and then there was a handful of people who I don't even know most you of their names. Yeah, Misha name. cooking for us. Misha? Yeah. Oh, and then Mark, our host. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, Mark's Canadian and had, and he's also British. 
He was born in Britain, but raised in Canada. Yeah, and he had some interesting one-liners, too. <laughs> Cultural stuff. Bullocks. Oh, yeah. Bullocks. That's a fun <laughs> word to say. That's the, yeah, that's the people who are there. Let's talk about the trip. I was blown away by the crazy amount of life in the water. It reminded me of the ocean. Oh, yeah. Like a fresh yeah, water just ocean. Just the water. It was freaking everywhere. Well, dude, we pulled up. We didn't even make it to the camp, and we pulled up to that. So there's two camps. There's one downriver and one upriver, and we're motoring the one upriver, but we had to stop at the downriver one to get gas and take a break or whatever. And Chris is in the boat as we pull up, and I notice a splash underneath of it. And as we get right by it, there's an electric eel just chilling right on top of the water. And like two and a half, three foot long. He wasn't that big. Sure, I think he was probably two foot long. No way. Your arms are like twice as wide as he was. Hold long. on, I'll have a video. <laughs> All right, I'll Wes is looking up video confirmation of me being right. Of me being But, I mean, there was a lec- the first fish we saw was an electric eel just chilling on top of the water, and there was these things called blacktails, but you can't know. Bet you can't guess why they're called blacktails. Why are they called blacktails? Right on QZ. That's why you're here. Because they had a blacktail. Oh. I bet you didn't see that coming. Wow. Right. I don't have it on Left my phone. field, right field, somewhere. Yeah. No, didn't yeah. see it. Yep. I don't have it on my phone. But yeah. don't fake, make fun of my measuring skills. I do have a girlfriend. <laughs> it was like... Uh, probably 20 to 28 inches, somewhere in that range. It wasn't like a monstrous one, but it was the first yeah, fish probably, we saw. Probably that big around. And it was super, super cool, and Ty acted like he was going to touch it. <laughs> and I didn't know Ty that well at the time. I'm like, you stop that. You quit that. Right you knock that off. <laughs> but there's just so much life uh, in the water. It felt like you were at a fish farm. Like, if you sat still long enough, there's just stuff everywhere mm-hmm. around you oh yeah but there was no bullheads no bullheads but yeah. you had amazon that's and the drinking that's the drinking game by the uh, way you have to take a drink anytime once someone says bullhead bullheads well two drinks now yeah. or three three what the amazonian creek chubs what were they called the yarrow i think they're yarrow they're basically small wolf fish we used them for bait like any yeah no person. master paul said i hooked I went out there one day with the uh, tie. That so. wolf fish that one night where the dacron oh, just yeah, boom, you got gone. bit off instantly. Yeah, it was running. And so you run a, a bait runner, and it was running, running, running. Shut off the bait runner, let it load up, set the hook, felt the weight of the fish. 200-pound dacron, boom, gone. You ever hooked a fish? Like, you ever gotten a bite and set the hook on something, and it's just you set into nothing? Have you ever had that? I'm sure I have. I when, can't think of a specific... I, I can. Every, not every time, but if I go walleye fishing, and you're using light line, and then something with teeth like a muskie or northern eats it, and you feel that thump when they swallow the bait, and you set the hook, and you don't feel... Like your your fishing rod doesn't even bend. Like the line hits their teeth and is cut off instantly before there's even any weight. <laughs> I, I had that in the Amazon. Cast out a, cast out a bait... Big old slab of peacock bass. It was like, oh, that's in a good spot. It's settling, settling, settling. You're letting line out, letting it settle, settle, settle. And then all of a sudden you see the line just floating upstream. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah. I don't feel the weight anymore. Reel it in. They cut off your big, long top shot and all the expensive stuff below it, gone. They probably saw the knot, like the FG. 
and it was just wiggling just right, and they just darted out and nipped it. And could have my my FGs were on point though. You and Ty put them to the <laughs> test, but that doesn't matter when you're talking about piranhas. <laughs> no. with razor sharp teeth. No, the, the piranha teeth, teeth I have are. have been like a party trick at my house. Everybody that comes over wants to see how sharp they are, so I have a bunch of braided line. It's like look. Tink. I'm a little ashamed of myself. I said I was going to throw mine in the boat and just... You kept them for yourself? Well, I mean, that'd still be for myself if they're in the boat, but I was going to use it as a party trick for any clients on the boat, and I totally spaced it off. (laughs) It's been hard enough to stay on fish with the crappy weather we've had right now, so I feel like I can excuse myself a little bit. How about Z? What's your thoughts on the crazy amount of fish down there? Well, you caught your first peacock. Well, well, I mean, we all caught our first peacock, yeah. I guess. But how many fish had you caught before we went down there? My entire life. Your entire life. Probably count them on one hand. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what What was your motivation to go down there? Like, I'm glad you put, like, just to clear the air, I've always wanted to go. Z is the reason I went. Like, you were said, hey, we should go. And then you got me thinking. And then you said it twice. Yep. <laughs> and then and you then started looking for a place. For and then I called to, called somebody. And then Spencer churched it up to me, and here we are. Here we are. No, just the last few years, I've been wanting to travel, go and see more of the world. Like, I want to go to Europe next year. That's already being planned. And I don't know, just the idea of going to the Amazon sounded amazing. Yeah, I agree. Whether I fished or not. I did fish. You did. Just for the record. And to clear the no, air. He, he, he got real good. <laughs> That's what really, I'm saying. Really, really fast. He yeah. picked it up really quick. I fished with Z one day, and I was like, all right, he doesn't fish very much, so we're going to have to be patient. And he's casting right on top of stuff, right where he needs to get it. That's that's how fast you got to cast down there. You're just like, reel in? Nope. Throw it back out. And I'm thinking back to when you almost smoked me in the dome with that three-ounce <laughs> bank sinker. <laughs> Two weeks Twice. prior to this trip. Twice. Twice. Yeah, I hear the <laughs> over my head. <laughs> he did happen to cast a two-piece rod in half. That? And he's like, oh, it's broke off. It's like, no, reel it in, reel it in. It's floating into stuff. Reel it in get the rod back. Not just anyone's two-piece rod. My two-piece rod. <laughs> yeah, he was like defeated when it hit the water. It was like, no, reel it in. You still got it all on there. Get it back. No, I just figured if anything bad was going to happen on the trip, it was going to happen to me. We have collectively <laughs> seven square bill crankbaits between all nine of us, so let's not lose one. <laughs> yeah, as much tackle as we brought, I thought we'd be fine on the square bills, and the square bills were the thing that we were rationing the most by the end. Yeah, my rattle traps did die though. Oh yeah, you well, I brought two, and I think the third cast, I threw it into a tree, <laughs> and no. there it, it died. The biggest. Peacock I caught ripped the back hook out, and then... Did you get him in? I got him to the boat. He jumped, 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 and then it was like, oh, here, Master Paul, go to hand it back to him, and it jumped again, ripped the back hook out. Just ripped it clean out of there. Is there such thing as a line-through rattle trap? There should be. I don't know. I noticed, well, those smaller Yozuri deep divers... Ty had one get the back hook ripped off, and I just assumed they were all line-throughs. You know Nate. Get him, get him to fire You're up. Right. Well, that was the plan. The plan was for me to go over and build or make a crankbait. With he did make a toucan. So well, I mean, he did, and I got to witness it. Yeah, we should have. We should have brought the toucan down there, and it could have got tow trucked by. That was line through. 
Yeah. It, it would have got tow trapped oh, by something. Arowana would have just wrecked that thing's life. Right. Now, Nate has a YouTube channel, Marlene Bates, and he is also an Iowa, Iowegian. And <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to go fish with him a couple times, and he's a cool dude. So if you like the idea of tackle crafting, go check out his channel. It's called Marlene Bates because his last name's Marlene. You know, pretty Very straightforward. Easy. I appreciate that. Nate, you need to make a wire through rattle traps. He'd do it. I mean, if anybody's going to pull it off. What I, was it? The, the half ounce one that I had. I would like to take some one ounces for Pyara down there. But I, never I don't know. stayed hooked up with any of them. You didn't land one? Nope. Pyara are AKA the vampire fish because they have giant fangs protruding from their bottom jaw and they get freaky big. Like a giant, giant, giant one's over 30 pounds. I was fortunate to get one right around 25 and then a handful in the. F- the 10 to 20 pound range and they fight like nothing I've hooked in my life. I, the big one I hooked was an eight mile an hour current and I know it was aided by the current, but he pulled off a hundred yards against 18 pounds of drag before I gained an inch. Well, Z was there for a hundred feet. Probably Z was there for that Joe while my camera oh, was dude, trying that's... to think about it. And the amount of line that thing ripped off when it was like, Oh, I'm hooked. Let's see what this guy can do. How much well, line he did. did he pull off 20 yards? <laughs> I'll bet he pulled off closer to 80 yards. 80 yards? Yeah, and you it, got him it, in? He didn't wrap you in a it log was, or It was rock. running, running. Like it was, it was on it was, 40 was, pounds of drag. It was he really open yards. I didn't have it maxed out. Like oh. I had it I had it to the point where I could wrap my hand around the line and pull on it and not pull it out. And I was like, surely that's enough. Right. You know, this is day two, so I don't know dick or apple butter about right. fishing down there apple butter <laughs> and I, you sorry, said that I, we were saying the texans have good one-liners <laughs> and, and you know it's hold running. on i just noticed books is in here yeah has he been in here the whole time yeah he's been, yeah, he's been, over been here. chilling right there oh uh, books is my mom's dog that we're watching because right now my dog won't leave him alone books is a total badass until it comes to other dogs he's not he just wants to be every dog's friend anyway oh. back to the jow i bet he took 80 80 to 100 yards long. That's 240 feet. Yeah, I'll bet he did because he was running, running, running. This was a really wide sh- open Halfway area. across the river. I, I shut the bait runner off, let it load up. Yeah. I stood up, let it load up, set the hook, and it was like, <clears throat> oh. And I sat back down. I was like, I'm not getting ganked out of this boat. Sure. <laughs> I sat back down and it for a solid 30 seconds. I can only imagine. Just kept like, going. Just yeah, it pe- just kept going. I was holding the spool. And I'm just sitting here like, what? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I looked at Z. I was like, you're next. You know, I'm holding the spool, trying to slow it down and tightening the drag. And, and while I was tightening the drag, it was, and it just kept going, 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 going. And finally, I got it to where it slowed him down. And I reeled down on him and got him turned around as quick as I could and just Gave him the straight heat. The straight heat. straight heat. Well, that reminds me. Straight heat stickers are coming. We got <laughs> we got over 60 people who put in their requests. So straight heat stickers are coming. And if anybody else wants some, shoot me an email, Spencer at River Certified, and let me know. They'll catch you a jowl. They will not catch you a jowl. But they'll <laughs> look sweet. And you can put them on your favorite five-gallon bucket or your fridge or, you know, your wife's bumper. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I've been informed that's my birthday present next year. Yep, he, you get five of them. Get five, <laughs> five of them in a river certified shirt. Nice. 
Actually, we'll get you the hoodie that says straight under one arm and oh, heat God. under the other. So when you flex on people, they know you're that's bringing that straight I heat. <laughs> so I think I'll start only, doing you, it from now on, though. As I say, if you didn't before, you're going to start. I think the only thing that saved me on that jow was seeing everybody get wrecked the first day. I didn't get wrecked the first day. Well, there was Ty did. I only got one bite, like one legit bite the whole trip. And Chris oh, no. did. I went down there and with think, really low expectations. And so. I think Ronnie did. I was thinking I'd have, you know, all right, we're getting into the catfishing, and I'm bitter about it. I had one <laughs> legit bite the whole trip. I was a, there. A week? Yeah, you witnessed it. And it was wrapped around a rock when I came tight on it, and it sliced through a 150-pound braid as soon as the rod loaded up. Like a razor. Yeah. Mm. It uh. It disgusted me. It rocked slightly. the whole boat. Me. <laughs> he he loaded so up. He loaded up so hard on this fish that when it, it he set the hook and it popped the line, it rocked the whole boat with three people in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was only like three feet wide on the floor, but I had a lot of the straight heat on that fish immediately and just tink gone. But I did. Luck into caught a couple 25-ish pound red tails, which sadly, those were the second biggest catfish landed on yeah. the whole trip. Like you mm. caught the biggest, that jow yeah. was probably about 100, somewhere in that range, give or take. He was big. He was big. <laughs> and then, which I've, I've been doing some research, that's a big jow. Yeah. Like, Z saw it. You, you sit it on my lap. I'm, I'm like 5'10", 5'11". 185 pounds. And it's covering most of him. So. Yeah, you right. sit it on my lap, its belly would touch my belly, and its belly was hanging off of my knees. Yeah, it was a freak show. Yeah, definitely 100, you know, guide said 90, I say 100 plus. It took me and the guide to pick this thing out of the water. Yeah, and thankfully, these it, guides it wore are down stout. quickly. Once you all five after that fight, yeah, but, but what saved me on that fish is seeing people get wrecked the first day because as soon as I said it, and it felt serious. It was like, all right, turn this thing around. Oh, yeah. Get get his face pointed at the surface. Yep. And I was giving him the work the whole time, and the guy's like, yeah, 20-pound red tail. I was like, Well, you right. probably put more pressure on him than most people do. And I was like, all right, cool. It's 20-pound red tail. And then we come, it, it finally surfaces, and our guide, Titus, loses his mind about it. He's like, oh, oh and he's running across like, the boat. Oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> Running across the boat and <laughs> that was all excited. Part. Well, all right. So to give context to people who are listening, as far as like how these things fight, those red tails I caught, uh, they were like twenty five pounds. They fight, fought harder than any flathead I've ever landed. Like the biggest one I've ever caught has been fifty five pounds flathead, and twenty five pound red tails fight harder. Just you know, wow. they pulled drag. I I had pin fathoms locked down at thirty five pounds of drag everything right off the bat and both of them pulled line off those reels that gel like everything down after, there was just strong yeah it, it, literally it's a freshwater ocean every fish fought like they lived in the ocean but i mean down there there's so many predators everything eats everything you know you gotta have a, a way to get away oh yeah that gel once Speed. that was all locked down that's 40 pounds of drag and even yeah. after all that fighting he'd get close to the boat and he's like nope Yep. And he'd take off and he'd peel another 30 line or thirty yards of line off. Well, he was pretty exhausted by the end of that, though. Yeah, he was pretty So pretty were you, whooped. to be fair? So yeah. were you. 
Had had to, I've never had to use both hands on the top side of the rod to pull the fish in. You tried to well, use that one was arm, the goal you of going down there. Well, and I was using essentially what you would call a musky rod for like no those peacock bass. No, that was. A, are you talking? Oh, for the 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 Saint Croix you were throwing. Yeah. No, those weren't musky rods. No, they were like heavy, heavy, heavy bass rods. Well, but the rod you were using for the jow was oh that was it, a it big was something you would use for. Like deep dropping, yeah. Like you could, you it would be an acceptable rod for fishing for amberjacks yeah. or you know grouper up to a certain size. I wouldn't use it for glives. No, but yeah, you could drop. You could speed jig. You could use it for tuna. Yeah, you could absolutely use that rod for tuna. I would think so. Yeah, it would definitely give you a hell of a fight. Well, let's talk about the gear then. So. I keep saying so. I need to quit doing that. You can call every time I say so. You need to just slap me. Don't so actually slap me. These two are the guys that actually brought the gear. I carried sinkers. You did. He was a sinker mule. They yes. got stopped at airport security because they thought. There I don't know be. what they thought, but they were like. Well, they, <laughs> apparently, apparently the the part of my backpack that had the sinkers on was just a big void on their metal detector. Oh, I bet they couldn't see it. That'd yeah. be it's all lit. <laughs> yeah. Never thought of that. Well, we showed up later. Z got there to the the airport first. Went through security first, and they when they saw our our fishing stuff, or or we were just talking about fishing. They asked us, "Are you the guy with fifteen pounds, or were, are you with the guy who had fifteen pounds of sinkers in his backpack?" <laughs> Why, yes, we are. <laughs> Actually, it's thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, out, I think man. I said 15 because yeah. you told me 15. Yeah, you guys didn't weigh it. Of course, it's 30 you lied pounds. to me. <laughs> All right. What did, well, this doesn't have to be just fishing gear, Z, but what, what did you take in, and or, so you can say what you took, and or did you not bring something you wish you had? I wish I would have brought a water filter. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> yeah, Z was on point with that. Yeah, well, I brought the water purification tablets and the live straws. Oh, you brought the tablets they used for the rainwater? Yeah. yeah. I thought I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, Z, Z saved everybody's life. Oh, gosh, <laughs> go that far. Oh, you another... We could have made that on Coke and rum. I'm, I'm pretty sure. You, you oh, I tried it beer? one night and I was. <laughs> I owe you a beer <laughs> or twenty. I, I tried the Coke uh, and rum one night and I could barely cast a rod. So there's that. That was entertaining. <clears throat> um, probably would have brought some more like snack stuff. Honestly, no I would have the quadrupled the, the amount of snacks I brought. I brought one bag of jerky in like three individually yeah, wrapped trail mac. It was fortunately, it was funny too when we'd offer it to the guides. It's like, hey, you want a piece of jerky? They'd get a big fistful of it. Oh, they couldn't. Oh, get, I bet they oh, couldn't yeah. get into it fast enough. Oh, yeah, they'd I had to, have I had to give all my snacks of... to Mister Gluten Intolerant over there because they. I'm not gluten intolerant. <laughs> I have a mild wheat allergy, so bite me, asshole. <laughs> so I can um... drink rice beer. It's fine. It's fine. It's getting real defensive, everybody. I'm not sensitive about much. Just I'm sensitive about that, and also hey, you're sensitive, sensitive to, to gluten. Wheat. Come on, and not gluten, gluten, wheat. Just keep calling it gluten, everybody. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, um, anything else? Uh, brought an extra set of clothes, and so glad I did. Yeah, they said we should only bring two sets of clothes, and we had yeah, one wear day one and then pack an extra. Right. One. We had that one day where it rained, and they didn't get our laundry That's dried. Two off. days where it didn't rain. Oh yeah, it was it was, they were spaced apart, but it happened twice. <laughs> yeah, we were rather gamey. 
That's putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Wes? Anything you wish you would have brought? Well, let's talk about the fishing tackle you brought. So I brought heavy, heavy action rods and some stuff that I was like, this is going to be way too much. And it turned out not being way too much. Dude, I took so much fishing tackle out because I was worried about the weight limit and it ended up not even being a big deal. Yeah. And I and I I took a med kit which that was clutch. Which was got used a lot. Yep. Yeah, it did. Uh I took some super that glue. That might have saved somebody's hand actually. Yeah, it did actually. Mm-hmm. Like Ken's hand was between that and the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And the 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 guides and stuff, they were dipping into it for different things. Uh Super glue, super glue got used quite a bit for like cuts and fixing stuff, and the electrical tape. I brought oh, electrical yeah. tape, and that was a I hot think item. About that. Everybody wanted electrical tape because mm-hmm. you can fix everything. We left that. so much stuff. <laughs> no, we didn't. Wes did. Yeah, I gave Wes away got drunk and charitable. No, I wasn't <laughs> drunk when I gave a bunch of stuff away. There was there was one point where I gave a bunch of stuff, but I ain't gonna use it. No, I, and that's cool. Like, so and they actually appreciated the stuff I left them more than I think they would have. I just running. realized I said so, and nobody slapped me. Well, you said not to slap you, so he said slap me, but don't actually slap me. Good point. To be fair, to be fair, Wes. A super, super nice guy, super giving guy. And Ronnie's got a rod and reel of mine. He bought it, though. He but, bought it. But, but I'm, we're he, not talking he, about that. We're talking about the you giving away a bunch of $500 combos to some guides. They made out like They bandits. were the ones that caught well, me the big fish. They probably like, Here's a big fish bonus right But here. they probably have never been tipped like that, ever. No, that's probably I, why we got hugs when we left. Yeah, we did get hugs. <laughs> and they told us, we're going to miss you guys. Yeah. And we watched the other people leave, and they're like shaking hands, and they're like, yep, have a good good trip. I had to convince mm-hmm. them to get in on the photo. <laughs> yeah. And then when we left, we all got hugs. And Honestly, I think it had more to deal with just how we were personable. You know, it wasn't, it honestly became, a f- well, I keep saying honest. I get fixated on words. Damn it. Um we we're just personal and got to know all of them, you know. They're like super cool dudes, and most like I'm not going to categorize categorize most people, but I would venture to say a lot of people don't take the time to get to know the guides they're well, fishing with, and we did. Like the first we first were, or second night we were down there, like everybody was up hanging out, and I was like, I'm gonna walk down and talk to the guides, and it seemed like that doesn't happen very often. No. It's so, like they I mean, take them fishing, and they're like, all right, cool, and then they leave. And I went down there and hung out and talked with the guides for like an hour. They Just, have awesome stories. Oh, yeah. It's it like, took I'm, a while to get the stories out of those guys, but once they felt comfortable around us, they were chirp, like talking our ears off. And yeah. I, I enjoyed the shit out of that. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I want to go talk to these guys. They're being hospitable and taking us out and taking time out of their lives to do mm-hmm. this for us. It's like, I want to go talk to these guys and see what they know. Yeah, yep. I mean, our lives kind of depended on them for over a week. Yeah, I don't know about depended, but they they definitely streamlined everything. Yeah, but they played a big part. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They played a huge part. You know, what about the bugs? I didn't think they were too bad. The first like, campsite, they were fine. I didn't like the mosquitoes. Not so bad. Like we saw, surprised the shit out of me. Yeah, it did me too. We saw 
We were right next uh, to the rapids, though, at that first campsite. Yeah. So there's not a lot of standing water around. We saw some big spiders. <clears throat> we saw leafcutter ants. That was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. But those were the ones that were going up the side of the yeah. tree. Carrying yeah, I got the, some video of those. Carrying those cool. the leaves. That's they, really cool. And then, the leaves that they cut because they're leafcutter ants. And then my clumsy, my <laughs> clumsy you can't ass. See the look I'm giving him. It's. The look I'm used to getting from you. Yes. <laughs> my clumsy ass stepped on what remained of a termite mound, so I got to see You monster. Those. You got bit up by those? Yeah. they. I didn't think they bit. Termites? Anything that has a mouth can bite you. I could bite you, But uh, uh, Kita said to take that whole termite, what was left of it, and throw it in the water and mm-hmm. just watch the water turn into life. Like, you throw them in there, and all the termites start coming out, and then Everything all the little them. fish eat them, <laughs> yeah. and then the bigger fish show up, and then so on and so forth. Did you do it? No, I never ended it. Because we were catching... Kind of cool to see. Me and Ty were catching, like, piranha after piranha after piranha. And Wait, where did this happen? Where I caught my first arapaima. Oh, you were oh, back. back in the lagoon. Yeah, oh, we were okay. back. I was thinking this was, like, by camp or something. And we were catching all that stuff, and then, like, the caiman were showing up, so... We were all kind of tied into piranha and caiman. Gotta love the caiman. That reminds me of when we came back to camp, and I had been out, I think, with, with you. Me and you had been fishing, and then me and Wes were going to fish the next day. Okay. And Wes walks up to me like he'd seen a ghost. <laughs> His eyes were like the size, your eyes were the size of dinner plates. No, I didn't want to screw with them caiman no more. Well, well yeah, I, I got that real quick. I like, wanted to come Ty home. I'm comfortable home. Uh, Wes Ty on the last trip. Wes and Ty were out. Well, how about you tell your story that precedes this, and then I'll tell my story. So we wind back through this creek for like 45 minutes. Well, half hour, 45 minutes. Takes us to get back to the spot. Off the main river. Off the main river. Never saw a caiman on the main river other than just a little baby one. Like, the one you fed? Like five foot long. Was that you who was with me that day? Or was that Spencer? I don't remember. No, that was Spencer because me oh, and Ty okay, fed it bad. and then you and this Spencer fed it. Multiple people we, we fed it after they had already yeah, fed so it. So uh-huh. he's, he's fat and happy right now. Or he was. I'm sure he's still getting fed. Although he oh, might have yeah. been eaten by something else for all he's we He's a little guy, four or five feet. Yeah. I bet he was six. He. When they're just so skinny, when they're was that reality or a fisherman's guess? And then we go back into this lagoon, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's fine." And we go back there. As soon as we there's the ducks. Yeah. As soon as we roll back into this lagoon, here's this caiman that was 12, 14 foot long, right, right where you come in. It's like, all right, well they're in here. I mean, I get it. It's you're in the Amazon. And then we had to go get bait, so we kind of go back in the sticks a little ways. And you're seeing like all kinds of like six to eight footers, and it was like, oh yeah, there's there's plenty of them back here. And then our guide, the the piranhas bit him off, so he starts shouting at us to get out and like with our tackle to go help catch bait. So I pull the boat up on the bank, and you know the whole time you're doing that, the caiman are like, oh, what's this chunk of meat? <laughs> you know, swimming up close, trying to check you out. Big Just chicken. like all the ladies at the bars. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, this and it was like, all right, well, we'll go catch bait. So we're catching bait, catching bait, catching bait. And as soon as the fish starts flapping around in this little creek, it's just like 10 to 12 foot came in, just one after another, coming up, trying to take your stuff that you're catching. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know. Can we leave? We finally caught all the bait we needed. <clears throat> 
and we went back out into the lagoon and we start fishing and then we had like this 12 footer follow us around all day like coming right up to the boat all day all day finally i i caught an air pipe well the guide i couldn't cast that heavy rod to save my soul so i'll tell everybody right here couldn't cast it so the guide was like yeah give me this so he was just putting my my baits like right where they needed to be he hooked into this i don't know 50 to 80 pound air pima handed me the rod well it grabbed the bait handed me the rod so you feed out line feed out line let him eat let him eat let him eat then you set the hook you know all stoked about that and the, the whole time this caiman is just swimming around and then is it drooling yeah, just, just <laughs> swimming around like it's giving you some side i would eye. say like 15 <laughs> to 30 yards from the boat the whole time and hook this arapaima fight it fight it fight it get it to the bank all stoked about catching this huge fish just all amped up about it get in the water you know you land the fish take some pictures and then it dawns on you that you're standing in chest deep water and these caiman like to dive down and then come up and grab you and take off and this caiman oh, is nice. as long as the boat and it's like you know what check that off the bucket list i'm kind of done with this unless there's because <laughs> we had to chop through a bunch of branches and stuff and that's where all the caiman were hiding is like back in these trees and it's like we had to chop through all this stuff and then the guide's like yeah make sure you watch out for caiman you'll see bubbles and it's like oh great there's bubbles everywhere because I had fallen out of the boat <laughs> trying to get out. It's like you know, check this off the list. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of done with hopping in Cayman water with these, and back. they're everywhere down there. But back there, they were pretty flush. So fast and then forward, after that, oh, there's more. Well, after that, oh, you fed them. No, we didn't feed them. No, until really? after we left the lagoon. <laughs> but okay, anyways, go ahead. But. So the whole time I was like, all right, you know, I didn't want to, you know, be a, a wiener and, you know, tell everybody I'm done fishing for this. So except that's what you told me. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted that was to, in confidence. I wanted to make sure everybody <laughs> still fished. Friend. You know, I didn't want them to be like, all right, let's pull out of here because this guy's a pussy. <laughs> it's like I guess I'll just deal with it. But I mean, odds are, the more times you get in the water, the more likely you are to run into a caiman. I've never heard of anyone who caught an arapaima and then got attacked by a caiman. No. But I don't know. Yeah, but they don't come many, back. Yeah, I haven't heard of very many people who've caught an arapaima. But the whole time, the guy's like, I, I just cast your rod for you. So the whole time, Ty and the guide are casting my rod, and the guide's just like making badass casts every time. It's right like, on Dude, the money. knock it off. I don't want to get back in the water <laughs> just, with this. Just let that one sail. <laughs> just, just, just let me cast it and screw it up. <laughs> It's like, I don't want back in the water with these things. All right, so at camp, Wes walks up to me. Looks like he'd seen a werewolf running through the freaking <laughs> rainforest. Which for all we know, they were there. Yeah, that's a good point. Waiting, watching. That's a good point. And says, I, dude, I don't care what we do. I don't want to go air pipe fishing tomorrow. <laughs> no problem, Wes. It's fine. And then he went and told me the story that he just shared with everybody else. That I'd also heard from other people. I mean, considering the local legends, though, werewolves might not be outside I mean, of the realm of... Like with the just mermaids. Just because something's... Oh, yeah, we oh. had the mermaids. 
that caused storms. Yeah, I, I went. Cool. Oh, didn't you wash off hot sauce in the? Room? No, almost I didn't. did. So he almost did. Not Titus off, almost killed him. Not to get off topic. So they there, they is, served, there are, are no topics in they, this they, podcast. Well, they served us uh, like a shore lunch sort of thing, and we had like uh, pasta and fish, and there was some hot sauce in there. You know, you mix it in. And I ate all that and ate the fish, and I was like, oh, you you know, he was, like, washing stuff off. It's like, you want me to wash this out? You know, trying to help and do my part to, like, help the guide out. And he's like, wait, 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 is that pepper? Is that, that hot, that pepper? And, like, he didn't know what to call it for me to understand. And I pointed at it, and I was like, you mean, like, hot, hot sauce? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, don't wash that out because we're near a deep pool. And he explained to me that you don't wash off you don't put hot like hot sauce or any sort of pepper or anything in the deep pools because what they believe is there's mermaids and other creatures that live in those deep pools and if you put stuff in there that they don't like like hot sauce they will call like strong ra- strong rain winds and storms so he was very adamant that i do not put any of that in the water it's interesting you know very you can't you can't poke fun at it because there's so many people in so many other parts of the world well, that have similar feelings about things. You go to a dark place like the rainforest and you're like they could be right. I mean, I, I'm pretty I feel confident when I say I don't but believe I mean, there's any mermaids no, that are causing storms no, I'm in the rainforest. Like, well, down right. there I mean, like the, the shot, there was a shaman a few hundred years ago that blessed the area and that's why the Essequibo is so rich with life and a calm place to fish. That's why that was the that was it doesn't have anything to do with geography and evolution. Not at all. Sorry, <laughs> no, that that was just another one of the stories that Titus told me. I don't want to think get he it. could kind of tell I wasn't the big fisherman of the group, so he started to entertain me with some stuff from their culture. Yeah, he, he That's was, cool. It was very cool. That is cool. Just because I don't believe that stuff doesn't mean I'm not certainly. Interested. But it was no. He was very, very serious that we do not put that in the water. Yeah, and it was like, all right, man, you got it. Well, and there's no reason. Even if you don't believe what they're saying, there's no reason. Not oh no, to I'm not. I'm not gonna shit yeah. on. Well, I'm his not beliefs. saying you are. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm I mean, just yeah. speaking out loud. And it's their house. Yeah, it's their house. Yep, you're right. That's and a good I point. buttoned it up and put it back in the boat. It's like you're right. We won't do it. <laughs> All right. Coolest critter you saw down there? Um, I didn't see it physically. Oh yeah. Um, Titus was um just in the back because I had a bench because I was the big guy. No one else had a bench. Oh, let's backtrack here real quick. <laughs> Some Z, people are still kind of Z, Z Bunny got spoiled. Z Bunny got the big boat and the big bench seat with a big backrest yeah, for his we, big ass self. As soon as we told him his name was Z Bunny, they're like, he gets the bench yeah, seat. Yeah, they rolled out some red carpet when he walks down to the boat in the morning. Yeah, they carried the boat up to the lodge, oh, let him on. climb in it, and they carried him to the water. As he's eating grapes. He was being fed grapes. Getting my hedonism and on. And uh, anyway, tell us about this critter. I want we're, to say the name, but I can't. We're it's headed. Your story. We're headed into the. We're into the lagoons, and Titus just points at the water to my right, and he says, "Anaconda." Like all nonchalant. It's all nonchalant. Like it happens every day, which for him it probably does. Um, but I looked over, and all I see is this gigantic splash, and it's gone. You said this splash was bigger than any splash from two to four hundred pound arapaima. It was huge. 
I couldn't so, imagine. When so we, you were talking about Cayman, and yeah, I wasn't worried about Cayman after that. Well, let's. <laughs> I, I'm not super worried about Cayman as long as I'm not in the water. Some of those Cayman's heads were, but like the big, big ones were as big as my torso. Yeah, that's that's how they are. And but they're not like, going to jump in the boat. No, but I mean, well, when, like we were, when you're in the water, it's like but, where's we're this? past that. We're past that, Wes. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about when we were night fishing. Oh, I. Dude, when we were night fishing, I wasn't worried about caimans. I wasn't worried about jaguars. I wasn't really worried about this, but I could imagine this happening where we're sitting there and an anaconda slowly rises out of the water. I imagined this at one point in time. <laughs> but if you were night. with Master Paul, that thing would have been Oh, he would have chopped his head off. Yeah, like, Paul would have had a belt made for you before he even knew what happened. You're he right. probably looked at you like, why didn't you do that? Yeah, Paul would have been like, here's leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, but I'm not. I'm not the lead. I'm not the lead character in this movie. I'm like, I'm the sarcastic sidekick. Like, I would have. I would have been. I would have died. I pers- you would have. You would have been the first one to die. <laughs> yes. This will put it in perspective. Because so, I'm the comic relief. You well, gotta kill the comic relief to Z, make it more serious. Z, let's t- t- take a step back and think about this. There ain't any anaconda on this planet. It's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul was tough enough. I watched him one day while me and Ty fished with him. Trim his toenails with machete, eighteen inch long machete. Yeah. Why not? And and he just did it. And this guy never tied off the boat. He would grab a limb and put it between his toes, and he would hold you there for hours. He did tie off the boat, but when he we never were, did when I was with when him. When we we're, uh, yeah, he did when we were catfishing. Oh, I guess he did. That. But when we were air pima fishing, he never did. Uh, when he, me and Ty he, were fishing with him, he'd grab a limb, bend it down, put it between his toes, and he'd just sit there. Really? For hours. Now he, when we were air pima fishing, he would look for a stick poking out of the water and just hang his leg over the side of the boat, side of the boat and grab it with his toes. Yeah, if you think you're tough, go down and meet Paul. You're not tough. Master Paul. Yeah, Master, Master yeah. Paul. Man deserves a title. Agreed. All right, what's uh, what's the coolest critter you saw, Wes? I don't know if it was the tapir or the... Yeah, you took oh, mine. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Well, you got... That was me throwing my pin on the table. Very well, you, aggressively. You the, very aggressively. The sandbar critter oh, that Paul dug up. Okay. I won't give it away. All right, I'll fine. Look. You sit and talk about the tapir. Oh, you mean the... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Z. <laughs> we were boating up to... What was it? King Williams Falls? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were boating up there, and the guides got all excited. <laughs> and uh, there was a tapir swimming across the river. And, you know, you Describe think, a tapir. It, because I... I'd it looks the, like a giant, like, shrew. It's got that big hog nose, but, like, no real hair to it. If a shrew in a... No, not a pig, a hippo. Yeah. yeah Shrew and a hippo, hippo had a child. And we saw this thing, and it was like 300 pounds, and they're like, that's a baby. It's like, <laughs> it is? And this thing could just dive underwater, and it would swim like 40, 50 yards. You're like, all right, Every bit it? of that. Yeah. Every bit of that. You're like, where is it going to come up? And then this thing would just shoot up like 50 yards away. It's like, how did something this big swim in this kind of current that far? And then it would come up and just keep paddling away. And it has hooves. Almost, well, well, it's not hooves. It? It's got like three toes. That the, I, I have that feeling when I see deer swim across rivers, too. Yeah. You know, like, they're But cruising. they don't dive underwater like that. No, that they don't. That thing dove underwater like, this is where I live. Didn't Paul say, <laughs> Master Paul, say that there were deer in the rainforest? I think he did. Like little ones? We what? also asked Master Paul if they... Uh, 
eat the tapir. And he's like, no. Only small ones. He's like, we don't we don't eat the big ones because there's too much. Like, they'll go to waste. Yeah. And there's like, it, he said, if you can catch the baby, we'll eat those. Yeah. So. They were very conscious about waste. Yeah, so. that was And that was refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not an ounce of trash in that place. The no. only trash I saw was a beer bottle that somebody from the prior camp had left at an access point for one of the arapaima ponds the only piece of trash i found was at like where we all had shore lunch it was a d battery and i picked it up and threw it in the boat so that's spending one whole week on the water hundreds of miles of river and no trash i think we figured it up i don't remember we figured it up i don't remember i'm not going to calculate in my mind I will talk about my the most interesting critter and we saw tons we saw toucans scarlet macaws spider monkeys some did Doug see a sloth? Yeah, he did. I think he did. We yeah. saw bearded monkeys. Yes, we heard howler monkeys from. Mo- oh yeah. I asked Paul how far away they were, and he's like miles. And they sounded like they're right over your shoulder. Yeah. What else? I can't remember what else. Mm, we saw some small lizards. We saw kingfishers, geckos, like three different kinds. No, of there's kingfisher. four. 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 I saw four different species of kingfisher pile of herons. Um, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. We'll Go talk. back to Macaws. the lagoon. There was all yeah, kinds. Yeah, I already said that. Oh, sorry. There Somebody said they saw a toucan? Yeah, yeah we saw I already toucan. said that. Are you even in this one. conversation? I, I'm ignoring the things you say, which is typical for me. So, Good point. Well, we found an iguana. Did you see an iguana? No, I didn't. And by we found it, I mean Master Paul found it. Yeah, he was just like walking around. And yeah, we pull up this sandbar between these two giant rocks in the river, and it's like 50 feet deep off of them, and we cast he catfish He said this baits. is where iguana lay eggs. No, we pulled up there, and we saw the holes in the sand, and I asked him what those were from, and he said iguana. Yeah, and then we pull the boat up after we drop our baits, and he just starts walking around. He finds a spot that's squishy, and he digs it up, and there's iguana eggs there. And he's like, "Oh, check these out!" And uh, um, I'm like, "Okay, cool." And then I keep casting, and then he finds another squishy spot, digs it up, finds the iguana tail, and he said it's dead. And he pulls on a little bit more, and it came to life, and it. <laughs> It takes off running across the sand. I thought it was going to crawl up on Wes's shoulder. <laughs> I kind of jumped over it. Well, not necessarily. I jumped, but it didn't necessarily run under me. It no, it ran enough- over your feet. Yeah, it was It was enough to get me to jump. It ran over your feet. This thing was like two foot long. It no, was, it was longer than that. Was it? Which is odd that you say it like that when you exaggerate all your sizes on things. He didn't exaggerate the size on the, the jow. It was definitely 100 pounds. But it was big. The electric eel is questionable. <laughs> anyway, it was at least three feet long from nose to the end of the, the tail. Ran across Wes's feet. Ran right into the water, which surprised well, me. Well, and it hit the boat. Yeah, it was an audible dome when it hit its dome on the boat. But we never saw it again after no. that. Only iguana I saw. Did you guys see any other ones? I no. saw like what I would assume was some. but they so the were holes some... in the beach? Yeah, there was All like... The bees. Oh, the beach bees. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about those. Like, no, the these were... they told that the, that's where the bees are. No, these were big holes, like the size uh, of a... Gotcha. I mean, like, sports reference, volleyball. Like volleyball-sized okay. holes. You're talking about like the pinky-sized holes yeah. in the bank. They're actually... They, they these, were everywhere. These ones were more like craters, like uh, volleyball-sized gotcha. craters. The bees were just legit holes that they yeah, crawled you know, in and out. I got video of that. That was... The one beach you'd pull up to and you could just hear... You could hear all the bees, mm-hmm. and there's all these like 
pinky-sized holes all over in the sand. Ask the guide, what are these from? He's like, oh, these are bees, and there's just bees everywhere. Everywhere. Never, never did get stung. They no, didn't really I didn't get stung by a single bee the whole time, no, and they were, they were always just, buzzing around. But, just annoying. But <laughs> Paul was on point with the arrow, and so was Titus. Titus whacked him with an yeah. arrow, too. Yeah. I think all of them did, but I only seen Titus and Paul. Did you watch me try to swat one with my hat? No. I looked uh, pretty ridiculous and yeah. did not kill a bee with your, my hat. hat. And they is, hit it with a freaking arrow. Come yeah, on. They, they hit it with a half-inch round arrow, and you're trying to hit it with a six-inch wide hat. And they smoke it. It oh, wasn't yeah. like a foul tip. You know, it was just like... Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't like, yeah, let that be a lesson to you. It was like, yeah, you're dead. All right, we talked about the gear. What did you take for fishing equipment? I took that lever drag. What was that? A 30? Yeah, we both had Pen Fathom 30s. You had the lever drag, I had the star drag, which I would still use, but if I go back down there, which I hope to, I'm going to take some offshore kite clips to connect to the rod that I can pinch on my line. So when there's too much current, um, I can pinch it and the line's not running off the reel clicking constantly. And that's that's why I ended yeah, up using that uh, spin fisher. Because you could time. adjust it. Yeah. They're just too quiet. I don't. I don't know. Like I had it. If you're right next to it, it's no big deal. I just love the sound of the clicker on a yeah, baitcaster. Yeah, it, it's nice. But like I always like I just fish the one rod. So yeah, Ty was fishing two rods, and if you go to Ty's channel and watch him, you can see what happens when you fish with two rods, and I have to untangle him. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the trick for that, and we had it dialed. Um, is you don't vary spots, you vary distances. So if somebody has one out far. Yeah, and he wasn't tangled in mine. He was tangled in his own. Yeah, because he put them put them right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. and somehow I managed to untangle like, oh, that they're, they're, while he had a fish on. They'll be twenty feet apart, same distance. And they'll be current. fine, and then the current just pushes them together, and they get tangled yeah. up. So, hot tip of the day: if we're dropping hot tips, vary the distances of your rods, and even if they are the current pushes them together, it won't matter because they're different distances. Well, and that's like how me and Z did it when I caught that Joe. He was, he was closer in than I was, mm-hmm. and that fish ran forever and then brought oh, yeah. him back. And then I, tied, reel, I reeled or Z was this. able to get over the top of mine. Right. So back to gear. What uh, you brought heavy cat, two heavy cat rods. Yeah. One spinning, one casting. You brought two heavy bait casters. Or, I mean, for casting plugs, like yeah. 300 size bait casters. And then I, I 50 bro- pound, you put 50 pound on those? 50 pound on those. And 100, then I, 150 on the big dog rods. Though, yeah, right? the yeah. big cat rods and the air primer rods were 150. Mm-hmm. And then I used 130 pound fluoro for, for top, top shots. shots. Yeah. And then I'm assuming it was 200 pound Dacron. I think it was three. Or was it was 300, 300 pounds. Pound. But as we fish more and more, the idea for cats is that you use Dacron because it doesn't affect their sensitive mouths as much. I, I did but, notice my bites went down when I started using wire leader. Dude, I didn't have shit for bites the whole freaking time, so I'm using wire next time. <laughs> I don't know. When I had wire on, it seemed like my bite percentage went down. I don't know. And, I mean, those fish down there are hard to hook. Cause they're after day two or after the first day they, they where I missed two. Stuff. Hey, I'm talking here. After hey. day one, I missed two, <laughs> and after that, I didn't miss a single fish. Not that hard hook. 
I don't know. It just seemed like He's when so I, humble. no, I'm just saying I'm, like that's data. That's hard data. I missed two first day. Don't miss another one. I'm saying my bite percentage went down. Like my runs went down. No, I hear you, but I'm. You said they're hard to hook. I don't think they're hard to hook. I think you, um, you would when you let them run. The ones you missed, you just didn't let them load up the rod yeah. enough. That's literally it. And the ones I missed the first day, the guide was yelling. Or I mean, it doesn't matter which guide. Guide was yelling at me. As soon as I got a, a run, strike, 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 screaming in my ear. And then I'm like, well, maybe they know something I don't. And then I swing and miss. And I'm not going to like point fingers or anything because I know better. I did have that the first day too. Yeah. I had runs and they're like, get it, get it, get it. And you just set and nothing there. Yeah. So once once that happened two times, I'm like, well, that won't happen again. And unfortunately, I had one legit catfish bite after that the whole time. Well, Z saw it with that Zhao. As soon as I shut that bait runner off, that rod was just... Yeah, just yeah. just loaded. And then I yeah. set the hook, and that thing tried to pull me over the boat, yeah. and it was like, I'm sitting down. And that's why you hooked it. Yeah. And then I watched you, the one you missed, it's just you didn't let them load it up. Yeah. They're just like any catfish around here. And then what... Catfish up? is a catfish, kind of. Because, like, red tails aren't even <laughs> slimy. No. That wigged me out. Like, they have leather for skin. Yeah, it's like it's wet leather one, in so. your car. You did, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I, caught the, I didn't. I didn't catch the littlest one of the trip, but it was a small. <laughs> no, it, Doug had the little five ounce one, probably. Dude, that was so cool. <laughs> it though. was really. Cool. You could have fit it in an aquarium, and then somebody would have released it in some waterway in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> and that would have been a problem. Yeah, yeah. Just like they, they own have. everything around. <laughs> they do. Well, there's cerebum in mm-hmm. in Florida. There's uh, red tails in Florida. You caught a handful. Of, you caught what? One or two of those cerebum? Caught one. I thought you caught two for some reason. No, I wish. Oh, you, you cool. caught that other leopard, is what it was. That leopard. Yes, catfish. yes. Leopard cats have whiskers almost as long as they are. Oh, that was so cool to look at. Yeah, yeah. they're sweet. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, gear. What uh, fishing gear you brought? Oh, I brought. I brought two prototype whisker seeker rods that are like extra heavy with two fathom <laughs> they can hear you <laughs> Wes, is, Wes has got to go poop so I'm going to talk about my gear while Wes is pooping uh, had those prototype rods two fin fathom 30 star drags had a heavy bait caster had a light spinning rod that Zach took over for the duration of the trip. I missed it. There was one day I really <laughs> missed it. When we were catching those little wolf fish. Oh, yeah, the Yarrow? Yeah, that would have been the perfect rod for them. It was, yeah. Oh, you? Oh, that's what you caught it on? I think I only caught one of them. Oh, dude, there were so many bites where I just whiff because I, the fishing rod was too stout. I'm oh. like, thinking in the back of my head, I need a bobber and I need that rod right now. <laughs> Well, thank you for letting me use it. Well, and so I didn't bring any fishing gear. If we were going to move on to me, it's going to get real quiet. <laughs> but you brought like important stuff. You brought yeah, the sinkers. I brought the sinkers. But you brought other stuff too. <laughs> I mean, we left there. Well, that, that's the part that people find the most interesting, or at least I would imagine people would find the most interesting because everyone has their own ideas on what gear they want to bring. You know, what's appropriate yep. for the fishing, blah, blah, blah. Which reminds me, don't bring any whopper ploppers. They're borderline trash down there, which surprised <laughs> the crap out of me. And I brought like 
three, <laughs> which was a waste of space. But the other stuff, you know, the camping gear, the snacks, all those other things, like those are those are the pe- stuff that people care about. Like what what was a must have? If you could say there was one must have thing down there that you n- would never go down there without, what what is it? Life straw. That's the must have. On a, you know, I we ran out of water. I the story is I gave Z a bunch of crap about bringing a life straw, and then you did. we ran out of water, and I'm like, God, I'm glad you brought that life straw. <laughs> and I'm but over I, here in the corner, just being all like, just like nodding. No, I was in his face the entire time, like ha ha. I would say sunscreen for me. <laughs> oh God, he okay, yeah, yours. Well, actually, that. you know what yours should be. You know what you didn't bring and you should have what a hat. Oh yeah. God, yeah, because your got, scalp was fried. It, it got better. How do you after, go to a place like that and not bring a hat? Because I had a hood that I didn't put up. <laughs> you should have seen me the next day. I look mummified. You could have like freaking brought completely. that that badass straw hat you have. I know you were I, I born to wear my, that hat. I was kicking myself for not bringing it. Yeah, you're Love lucky I hat. brought that that face sunscreen. For oh, you. that was that was in my hair the entire time we were down there. Yep. <laughs> At least it smelled all right. What yeah, uh, pretty fine, yeah. What's something... You go back again, Wes. What's something you didn't bring that you're absolutely going to next time? Something I'm going to bring next time. Yep. More square bills. Really? <laughs> How many did you bring? I had two, but they were super tiny ones. Oh, you, oh, I brought eight. I thought that was a perfect about. Yeah, I had Turns two. Turns out, no. I'm bringing eight. I brought eight and bringing eight again. Throwing out all the whopper ploppers. Bringing more Zara spooks and more deep divers and one ounce rattle traps yeah the rattle traps would be nice yep more half ounce more and one ounce shiny rattle, rattle traps because i had that super shiny silver and blue one dude the silver and blue was legit i brought a silver and blue one and it and just got crushed yeah it got messed up every cast and then i had a red and white one and it was like hit nothing yeah nothing would hardly touch it the only thing that hit it were bicuda and hooking a bicuda was a pretty good time. It was no, like they're you fun. just, they you just see your line like disappearing towards you and you had to try and catch up to it. And these things were like missiles. They uh they shoot out of the water. I wouldn't yeah. I caught was fortunate to catch a few bacuda, however you pronounce it. I got corrected on a video. Somebody commented like you mispronounced it and I'm like, Yeah, I probably did. I'm pretty Midwest, so uh, <clears throat> I caught one. But the Payara and the Bakuda, they both do similar things. They run and jump, but the Bakuda were just different. I don't know how to describe it, but they're different. They're cool critters. Yeah. The Arowana, those were those hit hard. They look like they look like an eel. Like they're I mean Oh no, I did catch one. Eels are fish. Yeah. I don't think of eels and in the bony fish category, even though they technically are. Those fish were designed to be like I'm four inches deep. And just looking for stuff at the top. You just say four inches deep. Yeah. I was going to let it go, but. <laughs> what kind of uh, podcast is this? My kind of fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were they described? Like a, somebody said uh, the, f- the head of a northern pike and the body of an eel. But they didn't have the head of a northern pike. They had a, the head of like. We're talking about. A Arowana. doorway. <laughs> you know, they just hinged open. Yeah. Maybe I didn't see one of these. You caught a bicuda. Yeah, I know, I know. I caught a bicuda. The arowana. They were. I could have sworn I. They had the two little tentacles sticking out from their bottom jaw. Two little whiskers. Maybe Ty caught one. He might have. 
I'm sure he has if he didn't catch him on one of them trips, but he's checking out the photo. Verified. Yeah, yeah. You caught one? I didn't catch one of those. I was in the boat with Ty when he caught one, though. Not yeah. that big, though. No, yeah. that, that was Spencer's. I just took a picture with See? it because I didn't want to oh. grab another I caught one. I caught arowana bigger than Ty, so big that Wes had to take a picture with it. Yeah. I caught like a three pounder. Spencer caught a six, and then Spencer wanted a picture. It's like, yeah, to heck with it. I'll just take a picture with yours and be like, yeah, I caught one of these. Absolutely. And that was actually by the point of the, the trip where I started feeling proficient throwing plugs on a bait caster, which I, I never did leading up to this trip. I felt like somebody commented on a video and nailed it. You look like an expert when you're fishing in your home turf, and you look like a toddler when you're down there. I'm like, <laughs> I felt like a toddler down there. <laughs> By day six, I felt pretty Johnny on the spot. Yeah, I I felt really out of place throwing lures. Like the first day, I'm like holding the rod all stupid. And I then would by, say by day, th- like the first three days was real bad yeah. for me. And then by day five, six, five, six, seven, I felt much better. Yeah. And the, then the, hmm. the guy'd be like, "Yeah, throw back in there." It's like you got it. Yeah, and I'd get it right back in there. I tell you, I'm gonna bring a medium heavy bait casting outfit next time. Yeah. I I, all, I like those rods I brought. I'll probably get more of those. Yeah, but they're too heavy for a lot of the stuff. They're perfect for PyR and throwing those giant, giant, giant seven inch. I deep might bring plugs. one heavy and then like one medium. That, heavy. That's what I'm thinking. A heavy and then a medium heavy for throwing square bills. And instead of a 300 size bait caster, I'm gonna put a 200 size. Still put 50 pound braid on it. Might bump up to 60 um, on the heavy, like the heavy, heavy ones. Yeah. But um, the little, the bend in the rod would really help for bait placement, throwing yeah. them square bills. A half-ounce square bill, medium-heavy rod, when you cast, the rod loads up, and you can really put it on the money that way. Yeah, you end up with a lot of backlash with those heavier rods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I backlash more times on this trip. In one week, I backlash more times than I have in the last six years. <laughs> enjoy Easily. enjoy that power of editing. Yeah. You won't see no, it. I included them. Yeah, I saw a few. On yeah, that. I didn't include all of them because then I'd have a whole video full of yeah, nothing Just a whole backlashes. video, just how not to cast. Did we, did we talk to you about something you would take that you didn't take if you went back, Wes? Yeah, I said more square bills. You said more square bills. Well, I brought a bunch of lures that were meant for bigger peacocks and right oh the choppers yeah and i did use them they did get chased and they did get hit but never did hook up z took mine more snacks oh definitely i would take more snacks and then i would take those offshore kite clips for the clickers and i think that's pretty much it honestly we were pretty solid on lid how much lid do you suppose we left down there a lot I didn't use that much. No, no I used like I felt fine. I used like back, so eight. It wasn't much. I <laughs> no, used, we left it with the guides. Exactly. We're talking about leaving it on the bottom of the river, so no. the guides got a pile of sinkers too. Yeah, I'm, too. I'm thinking and I'd money. Left. We tipped them very well. Plus, gave them a bunch of equipment. Plus, gave them a bunch of sinkers. I left a bunch of terminal and handful of lures. Paul got uh, a brand bogus. new pair of sunglasses, a uh, pair of boga grips. Like they they. Oh, speaking of I feel uh, like we Waterland well. uh, sunglasses, promo code RC15. Thank you, Z. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you look at old Paul's <laughs> hands, you can see all the scars on Paul's hands, and he claimed they were from piranhas, so I made sure Paul got boga grips. Wes, share the story of... Uh, I'm going to go pee, so I'm going to leave you with Spencer's this Spencer's going poop. 
No, I have to pee. I'll be back shortly. Well, I went pee earlier, and you told him we had, I had to poop. So. Oh, I did. Yeah. I'm sorry. So Spencer's going to poop. Okay, I'm going to poop. Tell him about uh, your boat mechanics skills. Boat mechanics skills. Oh, yeah. So there was a point where we got out of the plane and got in all these boats. Like, there was... How many boats were there? Four You're going or five? way back. Five. Well, I'm going back to like like I'm setting the story. There's probably five or six. Yeah, five five or six boats. A couple of them, yeah. Wes noticed right away like they're having some issues. Yeah, and there was one that it would run for three quarters of a mile and then it it sputter out and just die, just be dead. And then the guide would mess with it, mess with it, mess with it, get it running, change the plug, mess with it, mess with it, mess with it. Mess with it get it running and just so on and so forth and uh i didn't fish with him for the first three days and he he dealt with this he had a bag of spark plugs that he just kept changing plugs changing plugs changing plugs probably driving you insane (laughs) i was fishing with ty and i i fixed things for a living and uh, he was fishing, I was fishing with Ty, and I, I had asked Ty to uh, switch spots with me, because the boat was running like garbage, and uh, happened to talk the guide into uh, letting me take a look at things, and he, he reluctantly let me climb back there and look at his boat, and, you know, I kind of troubleshot it and looked at things, and... I was like, oh, yeah, well, it seems like everything's in order, but the uh, the primer bulb isn't staying tight once, you know, once the boat's running. It's like, so it's not getting enough fuel. So I, I primed it up, got the bulb, you know, nice and firm. and Nice and firm? Nice, nice and, firm. and firm. Nice right. and firm. These are mechanic terms yeah. for anyone who's wondering. Firm. And then noticed that... Uh, Everywhere that there should have been a hose clamp of any sort was missing. Well, the the boat ended up being sucking air while it was trying to run and burning up all his plugs. So I ended up taking wire leader and making hose clamps to seal up all of his fuel issues. And long story short... Like, the whole time we fished, it was like three, four days, all this guy did was work on his boat, trying to get it to run. I fished with him one day, worked on his boat, got it running (laughs) to the point where he could start it and then run it all day long without any issue. I'm back. I'm back. He's done pooping. He'd he'd be in very high demand if you moved down there. And and then he would work on it at night. (laughs) Yeah. There was a time where I was taking a shower, and we had these shower stalls. After they had figured out that... Our $1 million shower stalls. I I somehow knew a little bit about fixing boat motors. I'm in the shower, you know, washing my hair. You know, everybody's out eating supper and stuff, and next thing I know, the shower curtain gets ripped open. Hey, our boat doesn't pump water. You come look at it? It's like, yeah, I'll be down when I'm done. Well couple days later me and z were fishing together and we went down the river boat started overheating past the rapids thankfully yeah, past, past the rapids <laughs> thankfully and uh turns out the boat wasn't pumping water so we go motoring back up river we're trying to figure it out trying to figure it out 
And, and, you know, obviously it was like, oh, the water pump's just plugged with sand. We've been beaching these boats the whole time, you know. And it just dies. Well, and it got so hot that we needed to shut it down, so we tied it up to the bank. And Oh, no, we had to row. Yeah, we when had I to say row we, it to I the mean bank. Titus rowed. Yeah, Titus rowed this There's only one boat. oar in our defense. And uh, <laughs> tied it up to the bank, and he walked like... I didn't a- realize you had a motor overheat. That that stuff can yeah. like affect them forever. Mm-hmm. Well, we were we were spooning parts. water out of the river and dumping it over the block just so we could try and get closer back to the first mm-hmm. camp. And yeah, that's not a good idea, but that's the best we could do at the time. Right. But anyway, oh, we get tied oh, up to marking. the bank, and uh, Titus is like, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. It's like, all right, so me and Z sit there and wait 20 minutes, and he comes back. <laughs> Dog just entered the room. He comes back he in, in the spare boat, and he's like, Wes, Wes, untie and paddle out here. We're, like, trying to paddle out in this current and get tied up to Titus, and he drags us back up river. We end up having to take the entire lower unit off his boat out in the rainforest and work on it to try and figure out what was plugging it up. And it ended up being somehow a piece of rubber got stuck how it got caught in the in pickup there, tube to the from the water pump to the engine. We got it all out, changed all the oil, and then we ended up fishing for another three days with that boat. Oh no, Wes was the man when it came to that. Mm-hmm. They were <laughs> they were really happy you were there, man. <laughs> yeah, they came and found me. I'd be showering and hey. You speaking, come look. Speaking of that shower, though, it was just oh, thrown together with uh, planks of wood, but they were like, what, Amazonian purple heartwood? Dude, I don't know. It's like, like, yeah. You guys know way more about it than dollar planks of wood. <laughs> it's being used as a thrown together uh, bush shower and toilet stall. Well, and that's first, all that's there. I know? get that it's all that's there, but just when you know... About the f- lumber prices back in America, you're just like, what? That shower the stall that looks like... like they threw it together and they cut it with a chainsaw because they did is worth exactly two thousand dollars. So the first camp we were at, they had built us a lodge, and they had cut down this massive tree to build this lodge, and they cut this tree all with by the freaking hand, chainsaw with a chainsaw, no shoes on, shorts, no shirt. Cut it with a chainsaw. It's like into, cooking bacon without a shirt on. Yeah, well, they cut this to dimensional lumber and then nailed it all together and made this nice little lodge. It's really nice. I'm like too. the most ignorant person in the world when it comes to a lot of things, like especially detail-oriented stuff. And thankfully, Wes notices those things and can, can let me know. But if you would have told me that somebody cut all that lumber with a chainsaw, I'd been like, bullshit, that looks great. They planed it and everything, and... Did you shake Kenny's hand? No. Yeah, it was like shaking hand with a statue. No, I He's, did. One giant callus. He I, was the guy that... I shook his hand and he started crying because I heard him. <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy that cut all that stuff. He said he'd been up there for four weeks building that Dude, lodge. Dude, those guys are made of hardened steel, yeah. man. And their they're eyesight? Oh, Like those arowana? Paul was like, sorry, Master Paul said, oh, there's arowana there, and I'm squinting, I polarized shades on. It didn't freaking matter. <laughs> he, he could see him clean. Uh, he knew they were there. Yeah, and I, he'd tell you to cast in a spot. You cast over there, get hit. Yeah, immediately. And it, lo and behold, it was an arowana. Yeah. 
See, like arowana. Okay. It wasn't just like arowana. Yeah, it wasn't just like fish over there. He'd be like, no, arowana or no, bicuda. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, coolest fish sorry. in the rainforest. Had to. Had to. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, coolest uh, fish other that, than that we, that we caught. Bullhead? I mean, maybe bullhead. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Could be other than let's say other than exclude arapaima, exclude jow. Yeah, exclude that. That was the only one that got um, caught. Exclude. The coolest one, red tails. Exclude red tails. I want to say, it was although the, red tails are pretty freaking cool. Pretty that cool. little leopard catfish you caught. Yeah, you took mine. I thought it was son of a so bitch. cool. I lo- I like that. And they it, are cool. If I didn't ruin it for you, I wouldn't be your little brother. So. Good point. I like the uh, Amazonian drum that you caught. The Kobe. Yeah, the Kobe. And or also pescada is or uh, corvina. I thought they were corvina. It's Corvina. And I like how we got back into that big oxbow of the river, and you could hear them. Oh, that and was you cool. Could hear it coming through the boat. To paint you this picture of what we experienced, I caught a Corvina or Kobe or Pescata or Silver Drum, whatever you want to call it. And Wes is holding it, and then it starts drumming. You said, I just was editing this video, you said it was. Uh, sounded like a frog croaking like a frog and you nailed it it's croaking like a frog very very loudly audibly you could hear it on the camera we're fishing this side channel of the river that's super deep and you can hear these things you could hear the drumming underneath of feel it in the boat the boat would vibrate slightly it was how deep? Probably 50 feet deep? Yeah, probably. It took a good... 35 to... Somewhere between 35 and 50 feet of water. It took and, a good 8 to 12 seconds for your bait to sink to the bottom. And you could feel them and hear them through the boat. That was gnarly. Cool. I had one in my head. I can't remember what I think is the coolest fish in the Amazon right now. Maybe Pyara. I had something else in mind. The Pyara were cool. You had your creek chubs. Those, that was, that was very nice experience. And here's how this day went. The only day I fished for Arapaima, I fished with Ty. We are all gangbusters. We pull up to the spot on the bank and we have to drag our boats a hundred plus yards through the jungle. And we had to drag two of them. So these 15 foot long boats, they're like 36 inches on the floor. And, uh, they take the motors off, leave them by the river we pull everything out, drag these boats, blah, 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 blah. We're back there. You see these giant arapaima, you know, anywhere from 30 to 400 pounds surfacing. Massive. Massive. And the other boat, Will. Will, I think it's Will, Mark, and uh, I think Ken. Will, Mark, and Ken, maybe. Could be wrong, but I think mm. I think that's who it was. Will hooks up, lands like this two to 300-pound arapaima, yell and scream and hoot and holler and all jacked up and we're just sitting there like not catching shit <laughs> <laughs> so we uh we are kind of a little bummed we're not catching anything we have to drag those boats back out of this lagoon we go to a, a different place luckily we motored in so that was nice and we're driving through this flooded rainforest to get to this opening this lagoon that's actually open but it's also flooded rainforest me and Ty had pretty much given up hope. Paul goes, 
we need to go catch bait because we couldn't catch anything other than like we'd ran out of peacock and Ty just passes out <laughs> leaning against a tree <laughs> in the middle of the rainforest and I'm following master Paul and we walk up to this scuzzy, shallow, mucky extension off this lagoon and there's stuff swimming around. He throws a hand line, lands this little wolf fish. I'm like, oh, that's what you meant when you said yarrow. Yeah. So I'm fishing for him too and, and catch a <laughs> handful of them. And then we go back and catch that arapaima. It's pretty sweet on an Amazonian Creek chub Yeah. with teeth. That's what I caught the gel on. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Wait, that was the day. Because I think Titus thought me and you were going to be fishing every day together. So he had already went out and caught bait that day. And he caught those. And that was the bait that Wes ended up being. Wes ended up using for catfish that morning. It worked. We we ended up using some wolf fish for bait. On Z hooked up. What is vibrating? That's my leg. My <laughs> After sorry, when I, my leg was moving and it was shaking the room. So <laughs> my bad. The, shaking that. the planet. <laughs> After I caught that Zhao and. Z didn't have a bait runner. I was like, you're up. And I gave him my rod. <laughs> like the hell I am. <laughs> and he hooked into something. And it was running, 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 running hard. And he hooked it, had it for a second, and then it popped off. Mm. Yeah, I just went too early. Got to let that rod load up. Got to quit yep. tapping your leg because it's bothering the hell out of me. I'm not doing it now. It's just residual. It's like after shocks. I'm you're sorry. You're probably right. The only thing I can think about before the last cast is... Uh, What'd you think of the accommodations, the food? We talked about running out of water. Didn't we talk about running out of no, water? No, we didn't. Oh, it just came up kind of half. Oh, last last two days we ran out of freaking water. And there was extenuating circumstances. The guy who ran the general store freaking died. He was running some rapids. His boat flipped. He got pinned, drowned. And then there was an investigation, as there probably should have been. And yeah. they closed down the general store for two days, which I can kind of get. But as far as an outfitter shouldn't you buy everything you think you need plus extra before a trip starts Yeah, because we were drinking almost two gallons of water each oh, i was up to three well that was day, a question day. i explicitly asked before the trip and i said we drink a lot of water we're going to drink a lot of water is there going to be enough water to accommodate us downing a gallon and a half per person per day and we were told yes and that was not the case oh and if you do go down there Take the Gatorade packets, oh, the electrolyte oh, packets. Yeah. That was clutch. Because there were some guys suffering from some heat exhaustion, like real bad, and I had brought extra and handed them out. And Those electrolytes. It it, uh, it straightened a lot of people right out. It was 95 degrees, or 70%, yeah, 70% humidity. And it was actually seventy percent. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't one of those instances in the Midwest where it's like ninety with fifty percent humidity, and people are like, "Oh my God, it's like a hundred percent humidity." No, it's not a hundred percent. It's like fifty. Pull I was together, just standing there, not and just, doing, just sweat pouring, just pours down. Pouring. Real field temp was one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifteen in the afternoons every single day. Yeah, and sun yeah. just straight up. Like yeah. the clouds are all gone. Yeah. You would get this little tiny cloud and you would think you won the lottery. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, nice. Six minutes of shade. Most of the days we had plenty of water. There was the last two days we didn't have very much water. Wes got hammered because he was dehydrated. 
and that was entertaining. You <laughs> <laughs> only fished the last half of that last day, or the first half of that last day is all I did. That that kind of sucked. Yeah. The food, the food was actually good. Sanitation Fair. of food was an issue. Yeah, it was hit or miss. Yeah, everybody got sick. Especially at the first camp where there was the option of refrigeration. Yeah, they had a deep freeze and a refrigerator. And the first three days, I ate food and felt okay. And then it was that damn turtle. I don't know what they did with that damn turtle. Everybody who ate it got sick. That curry. Yeah, could have pooped through a screen door. (laughs) Yeah, that's what Ronnie said. That's who Ronnie? I thought that was was Wes. At 50 yards, you could (laughs) have... Right through a screen. That door. that I ate that turtle. I woke up at three in the morning and my stomach was growling. And I hop up, I have to go take gross poo, and then I wake up at five thirty. Same story, and I'm like, "Well, we got to wake up to go fishing." We wake up to go fishing. We shoot those rapids. Every bump, I'm just like clutching my stomach, trying to hold on. And then I see a rock, and I look at Wes. I look at Master Paul, and I say, "Paul." Go to that rock. And we yeah. get close to the rock. he didn't hear Spencer either. And I was like, Paul, Spencer needs to go to the bush bathroom. And he goes, oh, okay. And it's like, now. Now. Spencer cleared like six foot of water. Oh. Yeah. The boat hadn't touched the rock. And I'm like, can't wait and make the leap and then run over to the other <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah, we're motoring around and I'm digging through my bag for toilet paper. Oh, yeah. That was appreciated, too. I was- Thankfully, I never had to do the bush toilet, thankfully. I had to so. do it many times. The bush push. The bush push. <laughs> yeah, that's your word, Z. No, I said bush toilet. You couldn't hear me over the wind. And I thought you said bush push, push. and it became the and bush push. it became push. the thing, okay. I had to do the bush push guiding uh, yesterday. We, we went out there. I woke up. The trip was 6 to noon. Woke up at four, hoping to get my poop out of the way before we, I like we got on the water and it just didn't happen. And thank God <laughs> that we had a thunderstorm roll through, and I almost didn't make it. I'm like r- running the motor, getting to the the ramp as quick as I can. He thinks I'm getting to the ramp because Trying of the weather. The <laughs> I'm getting the ramp because I'm gonna poop my pants. Pull up to the dock, tied off, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'll be right back." <laughs> Take off running. There was bathrooms there, and they were closed for the season. Oh, oh no. Run to my truck, grab the TP, and there was a shelter that it was pouring rain. So I stripped down to or stripped my rain gear off uh, under the shelter. Then I go run behind the tree, run up behind a tree, and I'm sitting under a tree, and I empty my colon <laughs> in the pouring rain. <laughs> So the second bush push I had to take out there was when I caught my arapaima. Yeah. After I had caught it. And it came and ate your poo. No, I was like... <laughs> They'll eat mud. I was That's, like... The guides were so entertained oh, yeah. by that. They're like, oh yeah, they're so stupid. They'll eat mud. Oh, the caiman vase. Kedis, pottery. Kedis was like... I was like, hey, Kedis, I, I got to use the bush bathroom. And he's like, here? I was like, yeah, I got to go, go to the bathroom. He's like... And he knew how sketched out I was about getting in the water at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think he was just screwing with me, but he might not have been. <laughs> they they did that and, a little bit. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I got to go. And he's like, all right. He's like, you want to see Jaguar? <laughs> and I was like, not really. He's like, well, you go bathroom here. You see Jaguar. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> you got caimans in the water and Jaguars on so, land. So it's like I can just choose what eats me. Yep. You went with the jaguar and survived. 
All right. Um, I left him with some turtle remnants. <laughs> oh, God, that freaking turtle. All right, that's all. But I never had to deal with the, that. But, you know, it, it did mess me up a bit. This is your time, Z. Um, NOS. The last cast. Or you got some You got some notes, Z. What's I in your notes? I say the most embarrassing thing that happened to you. Ooh. To me, it was the dump on the other side of the rock. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And uh, honestly, nothing, nothing really embarrassed me that much. I mean, you got to poop, you got to poop. Fair enough. I can't. The most embarrassing thing was probably the first day me whiffing those fish when I know better. Everything else was like, whatever. Listen to your gut. Yeah, you know. In both cases, actually. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The only thing that embarrassed me was falling out of the boat, but that was with Ty and it was like the guide hopped out to land my arapaima and he was in like knee deep water and he's like Wes come help me I stepped I was thinking oh yeah he stepped right out of the back of the boat so I'll do it yeah I stepped out <laughs> and like the banks down there are really deceiving do you fall like did you fall face first like your feet no, didn't touch like, the bottom and you just went like I stepped out one foot and it was like oh no bottom no bottom no bottom and then just fell out of the back of the boat <laughs> oh man <laughs> But, I mean, it was like, all right, well, it happens. It happens. Oh, mine was, ironically, with Ty as well. Oh, when you wiped out? Oh, is that by King William Falls? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that on video? That's on video, too. He, I've, I've been keeping a watch on his videos just to see if he's going to put it on there. <laughs> no, he got out of the boat up by this... this they're, it's called King William Falls, and they're just these roaring rapids, but they create this wicked current. But he gets out. Titus gets out, and they're looking at me like, get out. I'm like, I really didn't want to. <laughs> so I took a step out, and the waves just pulled away, mm-hmm. and the boat moves away, and I just eat it right on this rock bag, face first, just boom. And yes, it is on video. <laughs> well, good. But, As uh, it should be. I did see it. Ty showed it. I think it everybody. I think he showed it to everybody. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but... It's very embarrassing. <laughs> All right, last cast is your chance to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Your send off. My send off. I'm ready to go again. Ooh, so solid got, got, send off. I got Europe planned for next year. I'm thinking we could pull this off again in 2020. Help me with math. 2023. Yeah. Yeah, same. You guys make more money than I do. I need to get on your level. I, I, I sure hope I can. I'll just work more overtime. Yeah. I just hope I have more that, business. Yeah. <laughs> just live, like, just happy live at the birthday, plant. Spencer. If you guys want to see videos of more Amazon trips, share more videos and stuff with uh, people so they watch more of them, and then hopefully I'll get more guide trips and such. My last cast would be uh, don't, don't take for granted what you have here. Until you've like gone to a place where people have nothing, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can see just how happy they are for what they have, and then you'll come back and you'll feel really selfish. I could see that. That's deep. Yours is way deep. Actually, mine's kind of deep too. I'm glad I got. I don't to- know. I feel super selfish for what I have after seeing what they have, and yeah. just how happy they are for what they have. Perspective's everything, though. If you don't know True. any different, and we talked about that, like you mentioned, if you, so we were talking about what if we had a bunch of money, and you said how you'd take those guys and do all these things, and my thought is, well, they still have to go back home, and if they had a different perspective on life from 
to see what they have and to see what's possible, then they might not appreciate things as much as they do. Fair point. Yeah. It's just my thought. And it's not that I'm entitled to this and they don't get this. It's, you know, this is the lifestyle they have and this is a the lifestyle they're born into. Entirely different circumstances. Entirely yeah. different circumstances. Be appreciative of what you have and don't ruin, ruin their lives. Well, I'm honestly like kind of jealous of, uh, like their lifestyle. Like, they don't have the worries we do. They don't have to worry about They have about different them. worries. They do, but they don't have... We, that's human nature, you know? Like, we all have our own worries. But, I mean, they're just, like, left alone. It's like, oh, I don't have to get up at 6 o'clock to go work in this factory. I mean, or some of them... They get up at 5 to go catch food. Yeah, they right. go catch food. They just do what they have to do to be themselves. Yeah. I don't know. It's all, it's all a matter of perspective, man. I mean, it'd be hard. I get that. They're doing what they do. It's it's entirely for themselves and their community. It's kind of like, but I mean, compared to, so Z, because um, I know your life different than, or I know your life. I don't know everybody's life, but I'm going to throw this at you. Do you feel like you have less worries now than you did when you made less money? More money, more problems. Um, yes. I feel like I have less worries now that I make a decent amount of money. Okay. I don't. Because before it was just always worrying constantly, constantly. Uh And now, do I still have some worries? Yeah, but they're not always present in my mind. Like they once were? Yeah. So it's a little less stressful. Well, and you're smart enough that you live frugally. You know, you don't like overextend yourself because you were in a position where anything was overextending yourself, like being alive was overextending (laughs) yourself. And now you live very modestly, but you're making good money. And that would put you in a state of less worry. Um, I guess I'm just always been pretty easygoing and I have some worries. I have some things that I consider and they're pretty much the same now as they were regardless of how much money I had and regardless of where I was living versus like an apartment versus a house, you know, and maybe, maybe you can make the argument. I overextended myself. That's how I am too. It's like I made $6,000 a year or I make $60,000 a year. You feel about the same. Yeah. I still have the, about the same amount of money to spare as I would otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's like you just live in your means. Yeah. And I, I don't agree with the apartment versus house thing. Um, I, I mean, a house is always going to be an investment and nine times out of 10, you're going to get a return on that. Yeah. I'm just more comfortable renting right now. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to fix the house you live in. Yeah. You apartments don't to, you don't have. Oh, to fair fix. point. Fair point. Which is kind of nice, but you don't have a garage. Oh, I miss my garage. I, I would oh. hate, now that I've had a garage, I went from not having a garage to having a garage to go back would suck. Uh, thankfully, my apartment is like 10 feet away from where my vehicle's parked, so I got that auto start. Woo! It is nice. My auto start on the Toyotas is stupid. You can automatically start it, and then you hop in it to actually go, and then you have to turn it off and restart it. What? Yeah, it's dumb. Well, my Ford likes to, if you hit the button to start it, and it decides it doesn't want to start, it just honks at you. <laughs> and then it, it'll just do it continuously until you go out and hit the button and actually start it. Fun. Nice. It's like, gee, thanks. I guess not auto start, remote start there. Way to, way to live up to stereotypes of Ford's being junk. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I got a Chevy. All right, my last cast. I'm just glad I got to go on this trip with you guys. Like yeah. it was fun, and there's nobody else I would rather have went on, especially for the first one than than you guys. It was a good time. It's pretty um, epic. But it it got made better because I'm around good people, and then. It was amplified even more because... Oh, we had a terrific that group. Was awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. We finally but, found somebody that speaks movie quotes like I do. Doug, it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went back and forth for like two or three hours. Doug's awesome. <laughs> they, every guy we awesome. were on that trip with was great people. Yeah, great guides, great great host, and then great group of people that were on the trip. Yeah, so. definitely made the... the Issues much better. Yeah. A great yeah. group of people. It, it made the rough rough patches like that much smoother. It's Agreed. like, yeah, we can deal with this. Agreed. All right. Anything else you guys got to say? Add to? Uh, like and subscribe. I would appreciate it if you liked the videos, the YouTube videos, and subscribed. I'd appreciate it if you followed or whatever, you know, depending on the platform. And then you get you're listening to this podcast. You got the uh, Waterland sunglasses. Yes. If you want to support the River Certified Podcast, you can get your pair. I don't want charity. Do not want charity, but you can get yourself a badass pair of sunglasses like Master Paul. He's got a set now. Yeah. And he was actually pretty stoked about them. He put them on and he's like, these are really nice. Yep. And then use promo code RC15. You save 15%, and then I get a little bit of a kickback, and that helps me. And they are really nice sunglasses. They really are. 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 For the price point, they are really great sunglasses. Bang for your buck. The American dream. That is Waterland sunglasses. Master Paul went from seeing the top 10 feet to the entire river. Yeah, he can see to the bottom now. (laughs) Everything. I've had high-end sunglasses, and then I've had... Like low end sunglasses, and then I bought these, and these are the best of both worlds. Low price point, great quality. You can definitely tell they're geared towards fishermen. Yes. And if you want to continue to support otherwise, you can get you some river certified merchandise. You can leave a review on iTunes that helps this podcast out a lot. And I don't know, anything else I'm missing? Um, Straight heat stickers? Oh, yeah. Get you some straight heat stickers. They're coming. They're coming. Um, in the meantime, you get some River Certified stickers. Those are on whiskerseeker.com. I don't know. Go to rivercertified.com. Everything will take you to the place you need to go to <laughs> get that stuff and support me. And I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you taking time to listen to this podcast. They're a ton of fun. I hope to do them forever because they're so much fun. All right. Bullhead. 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 <laughs> Everyone bullhead. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you catch a giant. Now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.